Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. If you're a first-timer, we welcome you to the party. We welcome you to the post-game show, Astros World Series post-game show. Robert alongside co-host Stephen Kerr, and we've been doing this throughout the playoffs, so you got to come back and tell your friends to listen to us. Uh, we're having a great time, and Stephen fake Alex Bregman didn't show up to game four it's good to have real Alex Bregman back yeah I much prefer the real Alex Bregman to the person that I guess was impersonating Alex Bregman and got that grand slam you know that was only the second grand slam that Fernando Rodney has ever given up in his career he's 42 years old he comes out of the bullpen in a golf cart and he's, he's been pitching so long the only other time that that ever happened to him was in the 2010 regular season, and that was uh, with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Marco Scudero hit it off of him. So, you know, once again, Bregman hits a home run off an all-star. Rodney has been an all-star before. So what does that make? Eight all-stars he's hit a home, a home run off of, nine home runs in postseason off all-stars. So, yeah, Bregman, I much prefer this guy. And on that grand slam this is what I noticed. He hits a ball that he had to know was coming. It looked like it was at his knees. It was di dipping into the lower part of the strike zone. I mean, I don't know how you hit that pitch. You know, it, it looked like an off-speed pitch that was sort of like a, almost a screwball or something like that that was going, you know, uh, well, not a screwball from from Corbin. It would be uh, more of a slider, but it, it just looked like it was – going to be impossible to hit unless you know it's coming. And Alex Bregman, I have a feeling, knew what was coming. Well, it was certainly a different story from some of the last few games in his plate appearances. It, it almost looked as if he didn't know which pitch was coming. So, boy, what a time to do it. I mean, if there is a pivotal point in this World Series, if, if the Astros end up winning this World Series, Robert, don't you have to point to that as the real turnaround? You know, winning game three, I mean, that was big because you sure didn't want to go down 3-0. It was almost insurmountable. But if you won game three and you had a chance to win game four and Alex Bregman basically put that game out of reach, I mean, it was it was four to one when it happened and the Nationals ended up not scoring and all. But, boy, talk about just totally putting it out of reach. That was the play for sure. And can we have a moment for Jose Urquidy? I feel like when you hit the pillow and you're going to bed, you got to say, Dear Lord, baby Jesus, we thank you for Jose Arquiti and all the composure <laughs> he brings. We thank you for his ability to pick up Cole and Verlander. We thank you for him taking on the spirit of Charlie Morton. I I'm, I'm drawn here, uh, Stephen. This is old school Talladega Nights because dear Lord, baby Jesus, Jose Arquiti. Oh, my goodness. OK, and we can add something to that. Uh, Lord, baby Jesus, please forgive some of us for not jumping on the uh, Jose Arquiti bandwagon a little bit sooner because, you know, you were one of the people, Robert, that said this Jose Arquiti, he could come through if he just gave him a chance. And they gave him a chance in this game in game four. And yeah, he actually pitched more innings than Zach Grinke did in game three. Zach Grinke only pitched four innings plus. I mean, he got into the fifth, but didn't get any outs. Jose Urquidy pitched five complete innings of shutout ball. I mean, how about that? Also got to have a moment for Will Harris, who I'm going to call him Red Adair. Do you remember Red Adair, Stephen? Oh, yes, Red Adair. Wow. 
There's a name. There's a blast from the past. That's my new nickname for him. Every time <laughs> an oil well blows, it's Will Harris to the rescue. I mean, this guy comes in in the worst situations. A.J. Hinch is like, okay, all craps. It's all over the place. People are, uh, they, they, they don't know what to do. There's like guys that got knocked out in the outfield. The guys got knocked all over the place. And uh, where's Will Harris? Where's the phone? Let me call Will. I mean, this guy is unreal. Will, Red Adair, people, if you don't know, Red Adair, he is, he's like the, Shakespeare, he's the Tiger Woods of, of taking care of uh, oil wells, and, and that's Will Harris right now. That's a great comparison. And you know what's crazy, Robert, that it struck me during this game after Harris had pitched is, you know, he got five outs in game three. He got two outs in game four. He's come in in numerous other situations during the postseason and gotten the big outs, closed the door, doesn't get the wins, doesn't get the saves. On a lot of those, he just gets big outs. I mean, how backwards is that? And I tell you what that Grand Slam meant. Bregman's Grand Slam, you could say, well, the Astros would have probably still maybe won four to one. I don't know. But what that Grand Slam gave you is the opportunity not to use Roberto Asuna again, not to use a lot of Will Harris, not to have to go back to Joe Smith. You you got to use these other guys, the, the others of the bullpen, Towards the end of this game, you didn't have to overuse some some guys that you might need for three in three uh, games in a row, and so the Grand Slam was huge in that way. And I think that's something that we might remember as as pivotal to the World Series. Because look, the bullpen, I mean, they've been fantastic the last couple of nights, and you know, you look at this pitching staff: one run in games three and four, outstanding, but. You know, the starters did so much of the work, and Will Harris was the guy out of the bullpen that really saved you in a lot of ways. But uh, the bullpen overall has been really good in these last couple of games. And good overall for the postseason for the most part. Yeah, absolutely it has. And, and it looked a little shaky when uh, some of them, like Josh James and Hector Rondon, just had trouble throwing strikes. I mean, it almost you, you almost thought that you might have to go with Joe Smith or Roberto Osuna or Ryan Presley or one of those guys. But yeah, that's that's how big that Grand Slam was, because at least it, it gave A.J. Hinch an out. He didn't have to go to those guys unless the bullpen caved in, which they didn't. And it looked like they were kind of teetering on the edge there a couple of times throughout the game. But no, they came through in games three and four in the games where you had Grinky, you know, who's been just kind of hot and cold, really. I mean, he's gotten the job done. He just doesn't look very smooth doing it. And then you went with Jose Urquidy. You didn't know what you were going to get from him. You got a great performance from him. So now you have game five coming up. You have Garrett Cole, and then you have Justin Verlander right after that. So my, what a difference it makes from the last time we did this podcast, Robert. It's all back to square one at 2-2. Was it just me, or were you worried when Josh James came in the game? He, he's got a problem with strike zone location and, and throughout the postseason but through the regular season too yeah I was especially when he walked the best like yeah this is this is not what we need because at that time of course the game was was still close I mean it was within reach the Nationals you know like the Astros the Nationals had their chances you know in, in game three the Astros actually turned the tables on them and they started scoring with runners in scoring position whereas the Nationals didn't but yeah James came in had an opportunity to really shut the door on it and just didn't so Again, we don't know which Josh James that we're going to see when he comes out there, and, and that is troubling. You hope it isn't something comes back to bite them uh, in 
any of these next few games. Even the Astros' outs were good in this game. Rendon made some plays. Robles with a diving catch and a good running catch in back-to-back innings. I mean, the Astros were making it extremely hard. And the thing is, we talked about all these guys in the bullpen. It felt like everybody in this entire game, Stephen, contributed in some way, whether it was you know, Michael Brantley, who's now hitting 471 in the World Series with a 997 OPS. Correa with his three walks showing strike zone discipline instead of strike out discipline, which is he was doing uh, throughout the postseason. One of those walks sets up the Chirinos two-run home run, plus, you know, the defensive play in the sixth inning, the awkward tough catch in the outfield. Yuli with the web gem in the seventh. Chirinos, of course, Chirinos. You know, in our World Series preview, Stephen, I mentioned Chirinos was four for seven against Anibal Sanchez. Game three, he gets two hits and a huge home run. That gave him momentum. That was what got him out. His ability to hit Anibal Sanchez because uh, he hits the home run and has two more hits in game four. I mean, he's had four hits in the last two games and two home runs. Yeah, how about the catching position? Because Martin Maldonado's kind of gotten into the act, too. You know, as far as Robinson Chirinos, they they need to put him in bubble wrap behind the plate, though, with all the foul balls he's been taking. And then he, he kind of, when he, when he was up to bat in... I can't remember if it was the eighth or ninth inning. He, it looked like he was looking at his wrist. He kind of pulled his wrist back, but hopefully that's okay. I mean, he finished the at-bat and got a hit, so it must have been all right. But, yeah, Robinson Torino, the, the, the Astros are coming through with some of the players that we weren't counting on before. I mean, even Kyle Tucker drawing a walk on back-to-back nights when he's pinch hit. He's a great base runner. puts him on base. So what, what I liked, Robert, in games three and four – it's it's not only about the Astros scoring with runners in scoring position. I mean, we've been kind of beating that into the ground, but their swings look so much better. They're they're taking better swings, making more solid contact. If you keep doing that, eventually the hits are going to fall. And at least in games three and four, they've been doing that. What did you think in game three when A.J. Hinch decided not to go with Jordan in the outfield, not to play him and, and put Josh Reddick back in right field. I liked it just because, you know, with the uncertainty of game three, you've got Grinky going. You, you don't know how your offense is going to do. I just, I know Reddick's not hitting. I, I get it. I understand that. But, you know, the, the Nationals Park is a pretty good sized park, especially in left field. And Reddick's defense, he's made some great catches. I just, I like Reddick out there for his defense. I kind of like the fact that Alvarez is available to pinch hit whenever A.J. needs him. He's got him and Tucker coming off the bench. So it's not like he's not going to see any action at all. I I just think from a defensive standpoint, you know, you saw Marisnik playing center tonight. So I really didn't have a problem with him not starting Alvarez. Didn't have a problem with it in game four either. You know, there's been some talk that maybe he'll start game five. I mean, if if it's working for you, why change it? That's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, I like Mariznick obviously going into this game because Mariznick, two hits. Like I said, everybody did something in game four. And and Mariznick, not only the two hits, but he had hit Corbin well. He was four for five against Corbin for his career. So you knew that was, so that was a, to me, that was a good choice. I wasn't so sure about game three, but you know, you know, Josh Reddick, there he goes, makes maybe the defensive play of the game when he held uh, with that great throw and the, the bare hand off the wall. You know, he held the runner from getting home, and and that really helped you get out of that particular inning. And Josh Reddick, 
you know, he, he, he can do it in, uh, defensively. He can do it in the outfield, and that, that's huge for you. Yeah, and we give a lot of credit to the pitching in the bullpen, but let me tell you, the defense, and, and that's what you want. You want the pitchers to throw strikes, let the hitters make contact, let the defense do its work. And the Astros defense, except for game two in that seventh inning when they caved in, I mean, everybody's everybody's entitled to have one bad inning or one bad game because up until then, the Astros were just stellar defensively. And then after game two, it, it's been back to the same old defense in games three and four. So that that as much as anything, as much as the offense coming around, as much as the starting and pitching and the bullpen nailing it down, the Astros defense, it's been one of the great storylines of this entire postseason. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, that's something that you can rely on. Defense typically doesn't slump too much. And I mean, Bregman's been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, we we saw a rare Altuve era late in the game four. But I mean, if you look at it overall, I mean, Correa, just fantastic. Yuli, I mean, we, we sort of take him for granted at times what he can do at first base, but just so rock solid over there and, and sometimes spectacular. Uh, you got George Springer, who you can count on in the outfield. And when you need to, you got Marisnik to go to. And we mentioned Reddick and Chirinos and, and Maldonado have been really solid behind home plate. Just everywhere. Even Urquidy, we talk about what he did on the mound, but also that was just a big play, that bunt that he fielded through to throw to first base. And that's a moment that could have gotten away from a lot of guys in the World Series, especially a rookie, and to have the composure that he had and, and, and call – off Chirinos on that play and say, no, 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 I got this one. And and it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, it is huge. And it, it's so good to see because with a rookie, you just never know. And from what I understand, when A.J. Hinch came by Jose Urquidy's locker after game three and said, you're starting tomorrow night, all Urquidy said was, okay, gotcha. I mean, he treated it in a businesslike manner. He didn't, you know, I'm sure he was excited inwardly. But he didn't show it outwardly. He just took it in stride, said, "Okay, let's go. And that's exactly what he did on the mound. It, it, it's, it's comforting to see that because with that game four starter, you just never knew what you were going to get. You were thinking, boy, if he just give you three or four innings, you'd be okay." Well, he gave you five. So he gave you a bonus and it definitely helped as far as how A.J. uses bullpen. Oh, by the way, Jose Altuve, what's his name? The guy that, you know, the second baseman for the Astros. Just, you know, he's at 400 in the World <laughs> Series. That's all. Yeah, that's all. He just keeps on doing it. And, you know, with that single that he got in the first inning, he's reached base in 24 consecutive postseason games. Just a, another great accomplishment. I, I'm, You know what? I'm convinced, Robert, that maybe what the Astros should have done is just everybody needs to change their name to Jose for the rest of the postseason since, you know, <laughs> Jose Altuve is doing his thing. Jose Urquidy is doing his thing. Let's let's go with Jose Bregman and, uh, you know, Jose Correa and Jose Brantley and Jose Springer and, uh, you know, Jose, just anybody. Let's just everybody go by Jose since that name seems to be working for the Astros right now. I posted this on social media, but it was it was copied. I, I think I retweeted it from somebody else, but posted it in other formats. But there were there, there's the sign in Houston above one of the freeways. I'm trying to remember which one. It might be I-45 or something, but it says, uh, be someone, you know, it's a, it's a, a iconic kind of Houston uh, sign and somebody had changed it to uh, be Altuve. And that's pretty yeah, much, I love there it. you go. 
Hey, maybe, well, maybe people will start harping on that instead of Houston. We've got a problem whenever something bad goes wrong in Houston. We're definitely getting tired of that line. Well, there's not a problem in Houston at the moment. There's more of a problem in Washington because now the series is tied at 2-2. But yeah, B. Altuve, that, that could definitely be a slogan I could see people using from here on out for a long time. Five for 13, Stephen, with runners in scoring position. What were they last night? Like four, four for 10 or something like that? Four for 10, and, and the Nationals were 0 for 10. So, again, the, the thing was reversing. And if they were just, as I said, if they would just keep making good contact, the hits are going to fall. And, yeah, they still left some runners on in game three, and they, they left some on game four. You're not going to capitalize on all the opportunities, but you want to get as many of them as possible, especially since up until game three, the Nationals certainly were doing that. And then in game three, they kind of got a little bit of the Astros medicine as uh, they didn't score. They, they didn't have any hits with RASP in game three. One reason I think they might have turned things around in this series, I hate to say it, but, you know, karma will kill you. And they got rid of a little bit of bad karma a couple of days ago. Did you notice that? Everything's been going OK since then? Yeah, everything is going. It's like get the uh, get the bad worm out of there. And all of a sudden they start winning. And. Yeah, never mind. It, it had to take some pressure from Major League Baseball, I guess, to get it done. Uh, as we talked about the other day with the Brandon Taubman situation, the Astros clearly did not handle that well. And I'm not sure, it, it, you know, they, they probably needed a little help from Major League Baseball to actually do the deed. But the deed is done. And now hopefully, you know, the, the investigation is not over, of course, uh, with Taubman or the Astros. I'm sure MLB is going to continue that. On, but at least the Astros finally, even though it took them long enough, did what they should have done early on is just handle this whole thing a little differently. I'll tell you what, I, I don't know what's going to happen in this World Series, but it's been pretty weird so far. Road teams have won six straight World Series games. That goes, of course, back to last year. Nobody's won a home game, obviously, this year. Uh, six straight w- w- World Series games on the road uh, for the road teams winning for the first time since. The 49-50 World Series road teams have never won seven straight World Series games spanning, you know, however many seasons it is, uh, two seasons or whatever. It's just never happened before. So it's it's crazy, weird stuff. Well, let's hope that it continues through tomorrow night and then gets back to Minute Maid Park. Then the home team can go back to winning if you're an Astros fan because, boy, and, and just think, Robert, even if the Astros – lose game five it's just you know it's ho-hum they come back game six and seven or at minute may park they've been there before but oh what a win in game five would do because then all they'd have to do is win one out of two at minute may park for game six and seven so really the astros are in a pretty good position either way you turn i kind of would much prefer that they just win the next two games and do this in six because that's what i predicted astros in six uh, in fact i think we all did so, yeah, we just go ahead and win the next two straight, get this thing over with, and have another parade in Houston. That'd be good. Sure. I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, let's get this thing done and keep the momentum going. I, I know they don't have to win this next game because you're, you're coming back to Houston either way. But, man, it sure would be nice because, you know, Game 7 is Zach Granke. And Zach Granke looked good in Game 4, but it was it was a – struggle let's just call it that I mean let's be honest for, for for the whole outing there was some real tough situations he was in there was stuff that could have gone either way and it, it's you felt lucky that you got away with one 
So I'd like to go ahead and take care of things with Cole and Verlander in the next couple of games. Yeah, absolutely. And you just think of the uh, the paradox between Jose Urquidy and Zach Greinke and the, the differences in the way they pitch and how smooth Urquidy was for the most part compared to just how not so smooth Zach Greinke was. And, you know, they both got the job done. Totally different ways, though. You, you know, you you were still the heart rate was a little bit high when Grinky was out there because you just didn't know if he was about to cave in at any moment. But Jose Arquiti, the rookie, comes out and just pitches beautifully. So it's interesting the different styles of pitching that we've seen. And yeah, winning these next two would certainly be great. But it's you know the World Series is a crazy thing, and yeah, you never know what's going to happen in a game seven. Uh, so as as much as we'd love to see the Astros win these next two. This series isn't over by any shot. You know, Washington still has one more game at Nationals Park and then uh, maybe one, maybe two more in Houston. So anything can happen. We're, we're not don't break the champagne out. Don't get the parade ready yet. There's still a little bit of baseball left to be played. How do you feel about Garrett Cole now? I mean, he's struggled the last couple of outings. Yeah, that outing in the ALCS, I say struggled. I mean, he still didn't give up any hits, but, you know, he was having trouble with the strike zone. Do you feel like we're going to see a, maybe a different Cole than we saw in the first game of this series? And is he going to sort of have a better command of the strike zone, which it seems like it, it, he's kind of lost it a little bit. You wonder, you know, it, it, did, did the innings and, and all the strikeouts during the year, are they starting to catch up to him? Well, I think, honestly, Robert, it's catching up to everybody. Everybody is gassed. It's a question of who can reach down into their reserves and come up with more and that's what you hope for with Garrett Cole. Yeah, he's obviously he's thrown a lot of pitches in the postseason, especially, but certainly throughout the entire season. So you know he's gassed. You know that Verlander is gassed. You know the bullpen is gassed. But the, the big question is, is he going to be able to reach down and come up with that extra reserve, just like Justin Verlander? Is, is he going to be able to do the same thing? If the offense will continue to do what they do in game three and four, even if Cole and Verlander are a little bit shaky, they can st- still pitch well enough to get the job done. And if the offense can get them four or five runs, that should be enough to win the next two games. And I underline should. That's that's what I would look to see happen. Is it going to be weird to think that this is the last time we're going to see Garrett Coleman in an Astros? I mean, it's that's what we're looking at potentially in this game. Yeah, I'd have to say so. I mean, as much as I know Astros fans would love to see Garrett stay, I, I just don't see... Jim Crane being that willing to open up the checkbook. And, you know, you, you kind of have to realize, yes, Garrett Cole is, is probably going to have some great years ahead of him. But realistically, is he going to have the kind of season that he had this year? I, I just don't look for it. I mean, there's going to be a regression to the mean. You hope that for Garrett Cole's sake that it's not a huge one. And I don't think it will be. I think he will still be an elite pitcher. But is is he going to be worth whatever he's going to command, $300 million or whatever some people are projecting. So it, it's a tough call either way, but I just don't see the Astros keeping him. But yeah, if, if he's going to go out with a bang, that would be the way to do it. Go out, win them a World Series, pitch a great game, have uh, Justin Verlander pitch a great game, and win the World Series. Gary Cole rides off in the sunset somewhere else. Uh, that's At least that's how you want to end it if he's going to end his Astros career that way. Boy, what a night. The Astros tie the World Series two games apiece. Uh, We are going to come at you tomorrow night, or you might be hearing this on Sunday morning. We're going to 
put that up late, late, probably Sunday night. So hopefully you'll want to listen to it on your drive to work or on your lunch break or whatever you want to do on Monday. But we're going to have an Astros post and we're going to combine it with the Texans post because of the weird start times. It's back to back. So I'm looking forward to seven, eight, nine hours of just out and out stress tomorrow, Steve. And I'm, I'm already like, uh, I'm bringing in um, massage therapists for, for me between the two games. If there is a between the two games. Yeah. Well, don't pull a career and break your ribs. Cause I don't want to have to do this show by myself. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, the Texans are probably going to have, bring us a stressful afternoon and just the, the way the Astros seem to do things you know, they they couldn't possibly sweep the World Series. No, they have to make it difficult. They have to climb from behind. So, yeah, you're probably right, Robert. About eight and nine hours of stress. We better, oh, we better uh, make sure we have the blood pressure medicine or whatever medicine we need to keep the heart rate down for most of the afternoon with these two games coming up. And hey, if you missed it, before I go, if you missed it, uh, put up a Raiders Texans preview. If you're listening to this. Sunday morning before the game, you go check out the Raiders uh, Texans preview because uh, talk to a Raiders insider. We talked to Scott Reichel, who covers the Raiders for the Believe Podcast Network, and he had a little insight into Gary and Conley, the new Texans cornerback, just traded over from the Raiders. We talked Derek Carr and his future with the Raiders. Uh, David's brother, you might remember David Carr, uh, Gruden. Uh, Mayock, just everything going on with the Raiders and everything going on with that game. So make sure you check that out. That was put up on Friday, but you know there's still some time if you're listening to this early on Sunday to uh, catch it for before the game uh, Sunday after. Remember that game is three thirty, three twenty five, three twenty five. Yeah. Yep. So uh, looking forward to Raiders tomorrow and Texans, and hopefully, hopefully we're just going to have just a joyous post game of Texans Astros on Sunday night, but looking forward to Sunday. This is, this is fun. This is what sports is all about. Can't wait for it. And we'll talk to you again in just less than 24 hours, I guess. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Touchdown!